The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. There is a season Well, hey kids, all you geezers and whippersnappers, welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us this morning. This is the top show in the nation for geezers, whippersnappers, and all those in between and amongst who are dealing with life transitions, aging, and the care of loved ones young and old, plus a host of other challenges. We've had some great shows recently covering everything from uh, becoming a healthcare warrior to how you would defend our schools and our children. We've also talked recently about freedom and entitlement, diet and brain health, and the curse of modern loneliness. This show is partly about information, about data, about studies and things like that that we bring you. Uh, and, and if we provide this directly, um, we, we certainly try to keep it chock full for, for every hour we've got. And anything that we don't provide, we usually turn to an expert guest for. It's also, though, about inspiration and how you can put the information and insight here to work for your life and those you love. We welcome your input, of course, each and every show. 457-1290 is the number you'll want to jot down today if you can. That's our direct line into the studio, 457-1290. You could also write us at bobandgloria at com, Or if you like letters, as we do, Please send yours to There is a Season, care of WHIO Radio, 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio, 45402. You can also listen live to our show anywhere in the country or around the world at WHIO.com. It's 9 o'clock Eastern, of course, for that. It's a great way to let others in your family know about the topics we cover here. And if you're able to point a family member toward that, let's say they live in Florida, they live in California, whatever, uh, they can, you know, catch the show, and then you can have a conversation later on about it. We're also available through the iHeartRadio app. We're going to have our podcasts back and available for you here. We're making some revisions to the website, uh, and we're going to be categorizing them to make them a little easier to get to. We'll have them chronologically listed, and we'll also have them grouped by some of the, the categories that we use here typically on the show, like health and wellness and relationships and transitions and so forth. So that's coming your way uh, pretty soon. Now, uh, Gloria, if you had to venture a guess about which topic or category of topics has garnered our greatest number of There is a Season shows over the years, what would you say that is? You mean, where did we spend the most time? Yes. Well, you tried that Bob's Love Line thing during our Finding Love Later in Life show, but it kind of flopped. It wasn't given a chance. Well, maybe it was that... Chasing Away the Gray show we did about hair. We never did that show. Oh, I know. Wait, Ohio's Best Fishing Spots. That's 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 definitely somebody else. Probably a show we could or should do. Mm-hmm. Maybe your son should do that one. Mm, he knows all yes. about anglers. Get it? Angles. He knows all the angles. He knows about anglers. It's a, it's a fishing Right. Right. Uh, yeah, right. Um... I'm going to go out on a limb and say it sort of has to be something in the general area of caregiving. Yes, and you would win this attractive set of Ginsu knives. Where are the Ginsu knives? They they were here this morning. I don't know where they are. I put them in my purse for later use. (laughs) I don't know what that includes. No comment. I may go home separately today. You mean in separate? Oh, forget it. But seriously, folks, (laughs) you are probably right. Gloria, in your assessment of the 400 or so shows that we've done here, caregiving is right at the heart of what we discuss on there as a season. Um, and uh, it's, it's actually, you know, we talk about how we change, how we age, how we care for one another. It's right at the heart of what we do. And while we've approached this from a lot of angles, there's that joke again. Please. One of the main things we come back to is the question of who. Who does the caregiving? Who will do the caregiving? And that's not always the easiest thing to answer. 
even or especially within families themselves. Spouses to adult, adult children, including everyone from the only child, that would be me, mm-hmm. to a group of siblings, to maybe some other relative or some close friends even, all can face caregiving situations that are anticipated or sometimes sudden or which can be moderate to extremely involved. And because there are so many variables when trying to meet the care needs of an aging senior, caregivers and their relatives often do face significant stress. And we're going to talk about that stress. Uh, not even so much, I mean, we, we'll cover the, the idea of the personal stress on a primary caregiver, but we're also going to try to focus a little bit more today about what happens within the family at large. Now, that, that family, you know, it's going to sound paradoxical. It might be fairly small if you are an only child caregiver, but many of us have siblings or extended relatives who are involved in some of the issues, the discussions, the decisions, whatnot, uh, in, in how to care for an aging relative. And we're going to be focusing on that today. What is the dynamic that goes on? How do people make these decisions? Uh, and, and what you'll hear is a thread that we've long said in this program is it's best to talk about these things early, early, years before you have to. And a lot of us don't. And that's one of the reasons we do this show. That's why you often hear me talking to myself, Bob. I'm planning in advance. <laughs> I'm it. So I have to talk to myself that's about true. this. I don't have anybody you, to talk to about it. you have some of the best conversations with yourself, right? But uh, have you come in, if you come up with any wisdom, let me know. It, it, I mean, it's true, though. A lot of us wait till too long. You know, we wait till we're in a caregiving situation or we keep thinking, well, that's not going to apply to me or it's just not on our radar to worry about what happens to mom or dad or another relative until later in life. And maybe that person ends up being 75 or 80 and then suddenly we're dealing with these things and the whole dynamic has changed. So you're going to hear us talk a lot about early, early, early as early as you can, start to to discuss the reality of life and where life goes. I mean, millions of us are are becoming, uh, you know, 65, 10,000 a day of the baby boomer generation. That means there are an awful lot of folks moving into retirement, but an awful lot of folks who have already been in retirement or retirement age for for a couple of decades. Right. Many of the boomers still have aging parents that are now in their 80s, 90s, and even, you know, older than that. Um, and at that age, a lot of these elders need some kind of help. And, you know, the question then comes, you know, who's it going to come from? Is it going to come from, from, you know, us? Um, it's just a lot of lot to think about. Are, are we prepared for it within our families to say this person or that person is going to step up and do it? Or is it going to be paid help in some way? Is it going to be a combination of the two? Do we have a, a clear handle on how much is going to be needed? Are we, you know, naive in thinking that we're going to need more? Uh, a lot of folks just, again, they kind of put this off, this consideration about what care might look like. And the, the point is to kind of get a handle on it early on and start to think, well, gee, all right, this person is 77 years old. What will the situation be like if they're 83 years old or 88 years old? What will change? Doesn't apply to every family, uh, you know, when caregiving is going to need to increase, but it applies to a lot of us. Yes, and we always are obviously conscious of the fact that not everyone even can have these discussions. There are many who don't have people to care for them and or the financial means to hire help. Right, right. So, so we do want, you know, to keep that in mind. We are yet, very conscious of and that. And yet the common thing is that we are all going to age. Right. And we're all going to need some kind of right. help. Now, adult children particularly, you know, express a lot of frustration and fears and worries uh, about the cost of care, um, about whether or not they've got cooperative siblings or parents, um, people who share or don't share information, you know, including medical information, financial information, and so forth. Um, there, are, there are a lot of folks who perhaps are not quite cut out for caregiving or don't really know what it's going to entail. It could be burdensome in terms of its physical demands, certainly in terms of its time and, demands. And financial demands. You know, not everybody has the luxury of not having to work. So it can it causes a lot of stress in, you know, the other relationships sometimes. Not right. always, but it, it can. So it takes a special commitment. Uh, and a lot of times that commitment will grow as a, a, an elder, uh, one of our vintage citizens ages. 
Now, it, it, we've, you've heard us use the phrase in the past here, the sandwich generation thing. Particularly difficult. If you've got, you know, what is the sandwich generation? And the brief description is it's anybody caught in that, that zone where they're caring for someone older than themselves and younger for themselves at the same time. So think about the, the age and the demographics here. You could be in your 40s. And you have kids you're raising, could be in their 30s for that matter, and have kids you're raising. You could also be as late as into your 60s and have somebody you're caring for, even if it's an older child, even if it's a young adult or an adult child that you're still somehow involved in their lives, their home, perhaps they're living in your residence, and you're caring for that person. At the same time, you're caring for somebody who's 70, 75, 80, 85, 90 years old. That's a tough spot to be. Yeah. And, you know, yet... We do see countless daughters and daughters-in-law stepping in to do what is needed. Um, you know, there are some devoted sons and son-in-laws, though, as research shows, this is less common. And not everyone is suited, you know, to each particular part of this equation. And I, th- you could, we could do a whole other show here about the who and why it's evolved that way. Most statistics will show you if you talk to in-home care companies and the people and the research they do that it very often is the eldest daughter who steps in in the role of primary caregiver. But or of course, the daughter, if there's yeah, just or one just daughter. They, right. Yep. And uh, that, that might be traced back to the way things were 20, 30, 40 years ago when more women worked in the home and didn't have careers or perhaps weren't even going to college. And so that was more of a natural role for them to be the caregivers. It could be something also hardwired into us that the uh, the fairer sex is more more oriented toward caregiving that's you know again we could debate that round and round the facts are that most uh, primary caregivers are women and uh, very often that eldest daughter is the person who steps into that role so um, I'm just just taking a little gander at the clock here we're going to get into this issue here and talk about again two things what are some of the stresses that people are dealing with in these caregiving roles and we're also going to talk particularly about what is the familial stress what goes on among siblings or, or between the generations and so forth. So we've got more coming ahead here. We're going to talk about communication, family meetings, and harmony. You're not going to sing again, are you? I might. <clears throat> That's just for you and everybody else who heard this. We're going to talk about conflict over legal and financial issues. We've got a lot to get to here in the remainder of the program. All that plus your calls to 457-1290. We'd like to know what your situation has been. We'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. We're counting down to our New Year's Eve weekend bash at Miami Valley Gaming. And let me tell you, it's going to be the best party in town. In fact, it's four days of parties, and they're all free. Starting on Friday, we'll have live music, entertainment, dancing, food and drink specials, and, of course, balloon drops. And it's F-R-E-E. Seriously, this is one weekend-long party you don't want to miss at Miami Valley Gaming. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the Gambling Helpline at 1-800-589-9966. Could you retire sooner than you think and with greater financial security? Hello, I'm David Gaylor, president of Tradewinds Financial Group, and I'm also the author of Income Allocation. You will learn strategies to create a dependable, sustainable, and predictable income stream for your retirement. You'll also learn critical information about the two risks you must manage for a successful retirement. Learn more about these strategies and give Tradewinds Financial Group a call. 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437. People join Walk MS to raise awareness and funds that change the world for everyone affected by multiple sclerosis. MS attacks the brain and spinal cord. It's the most common neurological disease leading to disability in young adults. Walk MS brings communities together, creating teams with friends, loved ones, and coworkers to rally around those we care about and end MS forever. Join us. Together we are stronger. Walk MS fundraising accelerates research breakthroughs and life-changing breakthroughs. It will take all of our passion, determination, and fundraising to end MS forever. Together, we can change the world for people with MS. Join us. Register today. Start a team. 
and raise funds at walkms.org. Are you new to listening to WHIO? Let us bring you up to speed fast. We're Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. We provide weather and traffic every six minutes weekday mornings on Miami Valley's Morning News with Larry Hanskin. When news breaks here in the Miami Valley, we break in around the clock. We provide Storm Center 7 updates throughout the day. And when we're monitoring the threat of severe weather in our area, we activate Storm Center coverage, updating the situation every 15 minutes or sooner and airing a special tone every 90 seconds to let you know. We're also the home of the Flyers, airing basketball games, football games, and coaches shows. You can listen to us on the AM dial at 1290, on the FM dial at 95.7, online at WHIO.com and the WHIO app and at home on an Amazon Echo. We have hundreds of reporters and are working around the clock to keep you safe and informed. We are AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members, of their families or their children, asking them to deploy, patrol, stay on watch, on point, asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to bring them all the way home, to keep them secure, to have their backs for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs do whatever it takes to help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently at no cost for life, so that they might stand at ease. Find out how you can help at findwwp.org. Now, gardening advice from Garden Talk's very own Mark Weber. Winter is upon us, and the season in which many of us really need our plants inside is the season as well. Keep in mind that indoor plants really fight and struggle to stay alive during the winter months. These plants have less light, less water, and most importantly, are on a very slow growth pattern compared to as they were back in the spring, summer, and early fall. So keep in mind your indoor plants need as much light as you can afford to give them. Typically south or west windows in your home, water them only when they're dry. And the best way to determine how dry they are is by putting your finger into the pot. If it feels dry to the touch, then water the plants. And when you water them, make sure that that plant can drain the water out through the bottom of the pot. Listen to Mark Weber on Garden Talk Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Colder temperatures have waved back into the Dayton area today. We'll start off with temperatures near 30 and only climb into the upper 30s for a high. Mostly cloudy skies out there and overall a quiet day. Partly cloudy overnight tonight with a low of 27 degrees and tomorrow... Sunshine returns with temperatures warming to 41 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning and welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. And... 457-1290 is the number to call if you'd like to join us today. If you're thinking of calling, earlier is always better as we often run out of time for calls later in the program. It is true. This hour goes by pretty quickly. We're talking about caregivers today and specifically whether the care we provide aging relatives, particularly our parents, creates broader family stress and what can be done among siblings or other extended family that lightens the load that lessens stress and still provides excellent care. And right now we've got someone with some advice for us. We would like to welcome Diana to the show. Diana from Huber Heights, how are you? I'm pretty good. Sound like you're on a car phone? I am on a car phone because I have someone staying with my husband so I can go get an acupuncture treatment, which I need desperately. I understand. Actually, nobody calls them car phones anymore, so I just dated myself. So you had, uh, you had a point you wanted to make. I'm taking care of my husband who has a terminal illness and then I still have a mother living and I have to help her out with things and a lot of people will say to me oh we'll just call call if you need anything 
What I think would be helpful if people would say things like, I could bring dinner on Tuesday night. Would that be a good time? And then you could spend some time with your mom. Yeah. Or um, I could come over and watch a football game with your husband so that you could go out with a friend. Would this Sunday work? Yep. That Specific kind of offers. Because we often, sometimes when we need help, don't want to burden anybody else. Correct. So the specific ask and the, uh, it pretty much signifies that they really mean it. And we, they've got it in mind already. How can I help you now? You know, I think, I think what's going on sometimes is that people are relieved when one of the siblings in a, in a family will, will step up and take over this primary role. But I think there's a little bit of this guilt at the same time and this awkwardness like, I don't exactly, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't want to get my hands dirty. That person sort of has it nailed down. And, and, and so there's this unease where they're happy you're doing it as long, you know, and they can go on with their lives. Uh, and they yeah. don't really want to step in sometimes all the way. Yeah, and I'm a very confident person. So, I, you know, I'm handling it, but... It would be nice to have more breaks. Yeah. Right. And similarly, I would also say this is the, one of the flip sides of this is that caregivers who are very often so intimately involved in, in the situation they're doing, uh, when they, they, they need to be able to reach out and ask, and they sometimes do need to be able to prompt that uh, discussion. Uh, a lot of times, you know, it's a two-way thing, and not everybody is a great communicator. And sometimes people need to be able to say, hey, look, I, I could use some help. And here's how. Here are three things I could use help with. Uh, it, it's hard because not everyone's going to know exactly what to do, and they're going to be awkward about exactly how they can help a situation. Yep. So, so that was my comment. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Bless thank you. you. Hang, hang in there. Okay. Well, our hour races by here. We've got a lot more to get to here. Uh, we've got a lot more to share with you, including getting past disagreements in the family and also building support for caregiving among your siblings. You know, if you are the person who's on, on the, the point for that, how do you build support so that other people understand your situation better? How do you communicate better? We're even going to talk about how to hold a successful caregiver conference, otherwise known as the family meeting the family meeting how do you do that successfully much more to come <laughs> plus your calls to 457-1290 we'd like to know what's gone on in your life what's the number one stress your family has had regarding caregiving and dealing with siblings and so forth how have you resolved it and more when we continue you are listening to there is a season on am 1290 and news 957 whio it's an ask the experts weekend on dayton and springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station am 1290 and news 957 whio this is the station dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news whio dayton springfield your news starts now Depend on it. It's 929. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO news update. Our top story we're following this morning. We're keeping our eyes on Washington as the government shutdown continues. Plus, an ex-Oakwood uh, public safety director is caught on child porn charges. The latest coming up. Colder temperatures have moved back into the Miami Valley. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic so far so good out there this morning on those freeways and the major service streets throughout the Miami Valley. We're not seeing any major accidents that are going to cause you any trouble. And it is our top story. As many as 400 employees throughout the Miami Valley are still going to be affected by a partial government shutdown that is ongoing. In Washington, it's not looking optimistic that a deal will be reached before 2019. The shutdown will close D.C. museums and galleries next week as the White House says President Trump is canceling his New Year's Eve plans to stay in Washington as he calls the Democrats obstructionists. That's Fox's Sean Langell. He says that the fight rages on for $5 billion for the president, asking that much for the border wall. Well, federal investigators say a tip from Facebook led to child porn charges for pub former public uh, Oakwood Public Safety Director Alice Beb uh, Alex Bebris. We reported last week investigators in Wisconsin first started looking into Bebris after a tip they got from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Now, thanks to a criminal complaint filed in federal court that we just obtained, we know that tip came from Facebook, someone at their offices in California. That's WHIO's John Bedell. He says Facebook reported two images of child porn linked to Bebris. Facebook account. 
In Miamisburg, cops say they had to use a taser on a man that led them on a foot chase. 47-year-old Booker Figgins is being in his book is in custody after being arrested in the parking lot of a lazy boy on Springboro Pike. Cops say they responded to a complaint of someone selling drugs, and when they arrived, he reportedly took off across the road into the parking lot. Figgins is facing charges of obstructing official business. Well, the head coach that brought a turnaround to Miamisburg High School's football program is stepping down. Steve Chanel says he and the district were, quote, not thinking in the same direction, end quote. The Vikings won only six games in the four seasons before Chanel took over. They won 52 in his seven seasons on the job. That's WHIO's Ron Otto. Athletic Director Jason Osborne says there is no deadline on finding a replacement. Well, let's get a look at the most accurate and dependable forecast. Here's meteorologist Jesse Mag. Colder temperatures have waved back into the Dayton area today. We'll start off with temperatures near 30 and only climb into the upper 30s for a high. Mostly cloudy skies out there and overall a quiet day. Partly cloudy overnight tonight with a low of 27 degrees. And tomorrow, sunshine returns with temperatures warming to 41 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag of the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. Well, the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar is looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. From our studio here on South Main Street here in downtown Dayton, we're looking at overcast skies, but from the looks of things, it doesn't look like there's going to be much chance for rain today or Sunday for that matter. But as Jesse had said in his five-day forecast, the top of this hour, there is going to be another chance for a big rainstorm on New Year's Eve. We might be sending saying goodbye to 2018 with wet weather on the outside, but the good news is that temperatures are going to stay closer to average you shouldn't have to bundle up very much at all 28 degrees right now in troy we're seeing 33 in xenia 33 here in dayton at 9:33. i'm jonah Adi, whio continuing news if you're looking for a new chevy silverado there's one place to go find new roads to dave kale chevrolet and chevy trucks routes 4 and 29 in mechanicsburg dave kale's the top seller of chevy silverados in the region for good reason Row after row of new Silverados, a wide variety of your favorite colors, features, and horsepower. Dave Kale specializes in hard-to-find, heavy-duty, and diesel trucks. Take my word for it. The trip to Mechanicsburg will save you money. It's easy. Let Dave tell you about the warm reception you'll receive at his dealership. We urge you to take the easy country drive where you'll find no hassles, minimum time at the dealership, plus our great selection of GM-certified used vehicles. The weather's going to get cold. Time to find new roads for the big city selection you're searching for at Dave Kale Chevrolet and Chevy Trucks. Check out their website at DaveKehlChevrolet.com. Call 1-800-886-1000 to get started. For nearly 40 years, the place to save is Dave Kale Chevrolet. Find new roads now. This is Clark Howard here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You own an Amazon Echo? When you get home, tell Alexa to play WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season. This is the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us this morning. 937-457-1290 as we talk today about caring for aging parents and especially the effect that discussions and decisions about caregiving can have on other family members. 457-1290. And so we ask you today, what is the number one stress your family has had regarding caregiving, especially if you've got siblings? Have you resolved it? How have you resolved it? I mean, it's, uh, it's a sticky wicket, as we've said before. It's, um, it's more challenging, too, if, if you haven't had any pre-work, if there's no model for working together as a team. And there's a lot of things that can mitigate against working as a team. You know, there's a lot of practical and emotional and financial issues that are going to come up when you're caring uh, for somebody uh, who's no longer able to, you know, to function independently. And if there's no working, there's no framework for that and so forth, you're kind of expecting a lot of and just because you have familial ties doesn't mean things are going to work very smoothly. So if you don't have any kind of working model, yeah. if you haven't done some pre-work, this is going to be a difficult situation. Yeah, consciously or unconsciously, needs arise for love, approval, or even being seen as an important and competent, you know, sibling caregiver. Yeah. Um, the disagreements are often at this point, you know, over, you know, regarding the care of the parent. Who, what really comes up is who's doing what and who isn't doing what, mm -hmm. how much they're doing it or not doing it, and who's in charge. 
Now, at the same time, your parent is very aware and mostly like not hap- not very happy that he or she has become so dependent on you. So there's a lot of things to, to juggle there. And the last thing that that person or parent or parents want is friction. Right, you know, they within don't, their kids. Yeah, yeah they, between they, their if kids. If they already feel that they're somehow burdensome to people, they don't want to see then that people are having friction on top of that. So no. we've got a few things to share with you here about how you can navigate through this situation. So one thing you can do, you can talk about this, is uh, deal with family history and dynamics and how they might affect caregiving. When you get together with your family members, uh, a lot of us tend to slip into old roles, right? The person who was the domineering one or the person who was the the witty one or the person who was the critical one and so forth. Um, someone could be, you know, the, the socialite, the, the person who partied a lot as a youngster. And we tend to sometimes color our current perceptions by that historical reference. But are those roles accurate? Are they fair to people? Uh, I've always said I prefer to be kind of a both and rather than either or person. Uh, we are human. We have our frailties. We all have our our past, good and bad, junk in the trunk, all that kind of stuff. And so the question is, you know, what can we bring to the table today? What is the perspective we can bring today? Not something that happened 20 or 30 years ago. Yes, and another thing is to consider that care for a parent is indeed a shared responsibility. Um, you know, the key concern will be who is going to be that primary care provider and what support other families can provide. Now, since this is a role that can progress, you know, obviously to a more than full-time job, it's an important decision. And rather than letting assumptions become the default decisions, such as, you know, Barbara, because she's the oldest, she'll be in charge. Or Max needs a place to stay, so he'll take care of mom. Those are not good ways of determining who's going to be that primary care provider. You really need to consider who's most able, who's most willing, skilled, and very important is who's most emotionally prepared to fill this role. And then consider what other family members can contribute. And sometimes it's in time. Sometimes it's financially. Right. And people are happy to be designated maybe in just one role. And we understand that very often what drives the caregiving discussion can be geography, right? I mean, let's we're not kidding ourselves here. We know that the person who's closest to mom or dad or mom and dad can very often be the person who's expected to do the caregiving. Maybe that person's the right person and maybe they're not. Or maybe they're right for certain things, but not all of the things. Right, and maybe that person will be the person that's on point but that does not eliminate you from the responsibility the and the responsibility. consideration to say, what can I add? What can I do, since I'm right, not right there, to help take some of that load off of the person who is closest proximity-wise? So how can you start doing this? How can you do it? Well, I've been saying, you know, get out in front of it and so forth, get, you know, early on this. And, and that's still the advice we would always offer. But if you haven't done that, or whether you have or you haven't, obviously you need some kind of a caregiving conference, a family meeting. And they are a way for siblings, for for the parents who are receiving the care, and others to be involved and to clarify what's really going on, what's needed. Also to work out conflicts and set up a care plan that can be agreed upon. It's amazing what happens when you have a plan that other people have bought into, and you don't see one person you know, it, this is the paradox. You might see one person who's been handling it. And like I said before, that's a certain convenience to the other siblings. But then it also changes how much you get to say about that situation. If you want to have a say, if you want to have a shared sense of responsibility, then having a family meeting is one of the ways you can do this. If you think it's going to be contentious, then what do what should you do? Well, I was going to make a, a point that I thought was important, and that would be to not maybe initially in the first meeting depending on the situation, involved the parents that you're going to be caring for, especially if there are family dynamics that have historically proven to be difficult among the siblings. Right. I think it just adds more stress for the parent, and I think a lot of the preliminary uh, deciding decisions, the decisions that are going to be decided upon, can be somewhat quietly worked out before approaching the parent. Yeah, and and I think uh, it's it's important that parents have a say. We always uh, said that we absolutely. don't want to marginalize them. Absolutely. But you're right. There are going to be certain situations where, you know, the context just may not be right to have. It really could just become another family mess right, of right. upset. And, you know, you don't want that. That's It's already a stressful situation. So if you, if you do anticipate it being contentious, 
it's not a bad idea to ask for some outside, experienced, objective voice to help guide it. It could be somebody who's a member of your church. It could be somebody who's a, a known friend to a number of people. It could be another more distant relative. It could but somebody even be who could somebody, moderate it. Yeah, it could even be somebody who's familiar with the care and the problems that can arise. You know, maybe uh, somebody who isn't related at all, but somebody who is familiar with care of an aging parent right, and all that goes who's seen with this it before right yeah, right so here are some of the guidelines for having a productive meeting one is set an agenda and this would apply whether it's a family meeting or obviously a corporate meeting any kind of a meeting have an agenda for the meeting and keep to it try to keep things on time also focus on the here and now the past is really largely irrelevant the future does matter but the past is pretty irrelevant so focus on the here and now what else Share your feelings with siblings instead of making accusations and listen and respect the opinions of all participants. Give everyone time to speak. Don't let anybody dominate the conversation. Easy. And that's easy to do, especially if you've got someone who's, again, got an external role. Maybe they're in business or they're a big decision maker. They handle a lot of money or they're louder than other people. or They're the best arguer in the family. It's important to get buy-in from everybody. It's also important to share a lot of information. If possible, get a professional assessment of your parents' condition from a doctor, a social worker, or geriatric case manager, and send the report to all the participants before the meeting so that you, someone can look at this and say, oh, I, I didn't realize that's, that's, the, that's the situation. That's right. the current health uh, state of my parents. Right. Or, and another helpful thing is as time goes by and, you know, everybody's on board, use email, online care sharing tools, you know, conference calls and or some in-person family meetings to help keep everyone abreast of care issues and schedules so that everybody kind of knows. You know, if everybody's in town, you know, a, a nice thing to do is whoever's on point, send a calendar out to everybody to let other people know, you know, mom and dad's got this this week, this this week, and these are the days and times. One of the key things that's, that's because people don't always have fresh, you know, start tall is they don't always wipe the slate clean and start over. Uh, with a new meeting and a new agenda and so forth. And they a lot of people don't get out in front of it years ahead of time. Uh, there's got to be some give and take in trying to understand and respect brothers and sisters' different ideas. You might be that primary person. You, you might be the one who's done the day-to-day. You might know how much assistance mom needs with grocery shopping or cooking or how much uh, specifically how dad needs transportation. You might know all that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't perspectives that could also be shared from other people. Yeah, and and if there is a disagreement and people really do have different ideas, earlier we mentioned that it might be a good idea to have each person spend a designated maybe 24-hour period, even if they're not the on-point provider, to really get a picture of where mom and dad are because you don't really know until you're with somebody through through a long period of time, what's really going on. The walk a mile in my shoes uh, kind of thing, I think right? It's, I think it would be very helpful for people to like, do that. Hugely eye-opening for a lot of folks. So uh, these, are, these are just some starter tips. Now, obviously, communication plays a critical role in, in all of this. If you've ha- had past family meetings, uh, you know, you know they can be contentious. You know they can be difficult. Sometimes you feel like you didn't get a lot out of it if it's been a group phone call. But everybody concerned should have a clear idea, first of all, of you know, what is the medical status of a parent? That's one key thing to know. Uh, focus on facts. It'd be a good idea to also understand what the financial picture is if that is available to you. And this is one of those areas where parents can help by supplying some basic information. Not the easiest thing to do, but to have some idea of what financial uh, financial situation is. Yes, yeah, so that you can look forward and have some foresight to what might be suitable or even you know, able to, you know, be considered if you need to bring in some outside care or help. If, if you can't have that conversation and this is that conversation you really need to have with your parents, you might be looking at some added stress right. going forward right. by not being able to even come up with a plan. You don't have an additional resource. Right. 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 So, uh, again, here's some, just some basic tips, obviously about meetings, really listen with, to what siblings have to say, be willing to compromise, try new solutions, We're not talking about putting anybody in jeopardy here, changing the safety formula that you may have established for mom or dad, but try some new things. I'll give you a good example of this, a real simple thing. The way you escort someone, right? The idea of having a senior either take your hand or you taking their hand. 
seems like a small thing, right? But I've heard that caused some some conflict. And yeah, you have some to have friction. compromise between the senior and yourself. Exactly, right? Because a lot of us might say, well, yeah, I don't want the person to fall. And you get the death grip on their hand so that they don't go down. But what they're sometimes looking for is the ability to hold your arm. Or in reverse. In, a comfortable, in a comfortable way, right? Right. They well, want it their way. You want safety. So yeah. you have to kind of say, hey, look, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't feel steady with you holding on to me this way. Yes. So could we try this? Right. And then if you've got other siblings who aren't practiced or not doing it all the time, what a great little tip to be able to share that with somebody to say, hey, you know, mom or and dad firsthand. Respond. Yeah. Go on the appointment or to the store with and see because there are so many people that think, well, they look fine to me. They can just get out of the car themselves and I'll, I'll, I'll come over and grab them after they've shut the door. And then you could be looking at a big, you know, crisis if someone falls. As you go through this meeting and you make a list of the, the kinds of things that can or, or you'd like to see have done, you know, let your siblings know that their help is needed. To Diana's point earlier on, uh, you know, when they want to offer help, the, the offer shouldn't be generic, but the request for help shouldn't be generic either. So if there are specific things that you could use help with, or you know somebody might be really good at this, it could be handling finances and paying the bills. A lot of that can be automated now. So maybe somebody's really good at setting that up so that all the vendors involved in a house are being paid out of mom's checking account, and one person handles that. You can have someone who's really good with just calling up, you know, saying hi and, you know, frequent hellos. Oh, that's an easy one. Just calling and right. saying hello or you know, would you would you like me to come over and have a cup of coffee with you? Sure. You need a break from your normal situation that you're dealing with. That is often very can be very lonely. So, um, th these are some of the tips. Other things for uh, gaining the support of your siblings. Now, if you are in that primary role, uh, again, accept your siblings for who they are. Not everyone thinks or feels or acts the same way. Try to keep your own expectations in check, and instead strive to accept and work with your siblings' personalities and abilities. That's a very difficult thing if you are the person who's on point to then further have to accommodate somebody who's maybe 500 miles away. But the reality is they are who they are, right? That right. person's who they are, you are who you are, and there's got to be some mutual back and forth. If it's all about conflict, then you're never gonna get any help from that person at all. Right, something that really jumped out here to me would be um, this point. You know, some caregivers really don't want help, or they can't really rely on help from siblings who are either undependable or truly unavailable. If you're in this situation, you just need to admit it to yourself, accept that you're on your own, and work to make the care as efficient as possible while still attending to your own health and well-being. And that's where, you know, Diane's comment, if other relatives or friends are willing, ask them for help, um, or from religious communities your parent might have been involved with. You know, check out the resources in the community. And when people offer to help, Jump on board and say yes immediately. Here's a simple thing. A lot of us don't, don't think of this all the time. We've talked about practical matters. Who does what? Who provides what function and service and all this kind of thing. Sometimes what people need is recognition. They need appreciation from other siblings for what they do. That appreciation can come in many, many forms. It could be somebody sends a, a gift certificate so somebody can go out to dinner. It means dropping your schedule, flying into town, and taking a long weekend to care for mom or dad so somebody can get a respite. There's or just a, a simple call and say, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. Right. It can be really simple. Yeah, and you're doing it's a terrific hard job. and to and say that to people. It's amazing things right. uh, that you're doing for the family. And, you know, in all of this, we're, we're weighing here on the side of siblings and, and communication with siblings. We, we don't want to forget that the the parent, the the person that is needing the care really does need to be considered and have a say. I think they um, sometimes start to feel like they've lost control and independence in every aspect of their life, that somebody wants to take over. I see this a lot. And they really, to maintain their their health, their mental health, they need to feel that they still own and can control part of their prior years. Right. Right. We've got more uh, ahead here. We're going to talk uh, briefly when we come back about uh, whether or not you can be compensated to be a caregiver. Also, what a personal care agreement is. And we're going to touch on very briefly here the conflicts that can develop over legal, financial and inheritance issues. Some of this longtime listeners to this program have heard, but for others, it'll be brand new. So all that's still ahead in the precious moments we still have left with you.
You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. James Free is a judge-free zone. We're not going to make you feel badly about the gift you gave her. She wanted James Free under the tree. You tried shopping somewhere else. Now, time to make it right. And luckily, you can still do that before New Year's Eve. Come on down to James Free Jewelers for the gift she really wanted. We have 10 times the inventory of average jewelry stores with an amazing display of the most popular designers and a huge selection of certified diamonds. And best of all, James Free has the nation's best trade-up policy. Bring back a diamond you purchased at James Free, and we'll put the original amount you paid toward the purchase of that new diamond, even if it's only a dollar more. So your first gift wasn't perfect. Happens all the time. But remember, James Free is that judge-free zone. All we want is to help you get it right. James Free Jewelers, 3100 Far Hills Avenue in Kettering. Does anyone pay retail for a diamond anymore? Not at James Free. We're counting down to our New Year's Eve weekend bash at Miami Valley Gaming. And let me tell you, it's going to be the best party in town. In fact, it's four days of parties, and they're all free. Starting on Friday, we'll have live music, entertainment, dancing, food and drink specials, and, of course, balloon drops. And it's F-R-E-E. Seriously, this is one weekend-long party you don't want to miss at Miami Valley Gaming. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the Gambling Helpline at 1-800-589-9966. Baby boomers have shared their frustration about how much tax they pay. Let me reverse that for you and put the emphasis on saving taxes. This is Chuck Oliver, founder of the Hidden Wealth Solution, and I've been helping clients for over two decades to get their retirement on track and avoid the tax traps. Daily, I see clients paying taxes needlessly instead of maximizing their financial future. Learn how to save unnecessary tax and optimize your retirement. Visit retirementprotected.com, retirementprotected.com. Looking for a great place to work out? Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness. And if so, we have an offer that you can't refuse. How about a free 30-day membership? That's right. Try us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. Your free trial not only gets you access to all fitness equipment, cardio, and free weights, but also to group fitness classes like Zumba, yoga, body blast, and more. You can even enjoy tanning and free use of our child care. So don't wait. Stop in one of our eight convenient locations or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. Thanks to you, Ohio's Hospice of Dayton has been delivering the best end-of-life care to our community and grief counseling to our patients and families for nearly 40 years. Your support enables us to celebrate life every day with our patients and families. As your non-for-profit hospice, we rely on your support. Your donation helps people you know and love. To make a tax-deductible contribution or support our mission, visit hospiceofdayton.org today. Thank you. Veterans Michelle Scott, Carl Blake, and Jesse Graham. I was an unemployed veteran. I served because it was always my dream. September 11th happened my senior year. I wanted to serve my country. After injury, I felt scared, worried, concerned. I was newly married, didn't really know what was gonna happen next. I just remember sitting there trying to move my legs. I lost my job, then I lost my house. I had to start over. First person I saw after my wife when I was a new injury was a, a Paralyzed Veterans of America member. The second person I saw was a service officer for our organization. The Paralyzed Veterans of America, they gave me the outlet to find a career now. They focus on the accessibility for our lives. They helped me get to a point where I'm at now, where I can have a job, have a family, be a part of society, and live life the way I want to live life. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. This is Larry Hanskin. WHIO Washington insider Jamie Dupree has been a friend and colleague for three decades. And when he lost his voice in the spring of 2016, he didn't let that silence him. Now, thanks to modern technology, using past recordings of his actual voice, he's able to report on the air once again his computer-generated Jamie Dupree 2.0 reports on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, as well as his blog at whio.com with links at the WHIO Radio Facebook page. Colder temperatures have waved back into the Dayton area today. We'll start off with temperatures near 30 and only climb into the upper 30s for a high. Mostly cloudy skies out there and overall a quiet day. 
Partly cloudy overnight tonight with a low of 27 degrees. And tomorrow, sunshine returns with temperatures warming to 41 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking about caregiving for parents and reducing stress that might exist between siblings and doing all of this. And there's an awful lot more that we're going to uh, talk about uh, in some future programs on this. But one of the things we, we touched on just going to the break was this idea of legal, financial, inheritance issues and so forth. And we've talked about some of this with our five essential docs show that we've done in the past. But let's do a brief overview of that real quick. Yeah. So with durable powers of attorney or an advanced healthcare directive, your parents can designate who will be in charge if they become incapacitated. Um, sometimes this can really create some tension among the adult children. So if at all possible, this also should be discussed at the family meeting and clarified for everyone concerned. Um, an advanced directive will outline the types of care that your parent desires at the end of life. With this information in writing, a difficult situation is going to be made a lot, well, or a little more tolerable. Um, it's, it's just really important. And this is where the parents really need to have their own say. This should yeah. not, there should yeah. be no coercion here or no guilt that is placed upon that aging parent. And anybody who helps you draft these documents is going to ask, is this person of sound mind and body? Which again, often means getting to this early. Sit down right. and have this conversation early. And there may be more people in the family that are also suited to this. And you need to maybe guide your parent on that as well. Somebody right. with more medical knowledge or what, you know, what have you. Now, I mentioned briefly this idea of a personal uh, care agreement, getting paid and so forth. We don't have enough time today to cover this, but we'll cover this in a future show. And this is typically a contract, an actual contract that can be set up within families uh, that pays someone who's in the primary care role. There are rules for how you go about doing this. Or advisories, you know, it's suggested that it be a legal contract. Right. And the agreement is often in writing. The payment must be for future care. Not for services already performed. There's no, you know, going back and doing this. And the compensation for care has to be reasonable. It should be uh, commensurate with what you might offer a third party. We're going to offer a lot more information on this in a future program as we get into this. It's called a personal care agreement if you'd like to look up some of the research on your own. Yes. So that's uh, that's a brief it, overview of, of, of some of this. We're, we're out of time here again. Unfortunately, the, uh, the hour goes by so fast. Um, really working with your siblings is an important part of caregiving. And uh, we, we urge you to communicate early and often to help develop that support network so that it's not one person who's having to handle everything and uh, collapsing under the stress. We appreciate you walking along with us today. Look for our new website coming up soon. And uh, remember... Never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to too many. For my dear friend and co-host Gloria, for our producer, and for all who make this show possible, a big thank you to you all. I'm Bob Wolf, and you've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Have yourself a blessed week. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.